broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's CW, and on this week's Midtown Business Radio show, I featured Karen Weinstock, founder of Weinstock Immigration Lawyers here in Atlanta. She brought along with her Adrian Queenan, who's the founder and CEO of a South African-based company called Expand a Brand. If you've ever been to a conference, a festival, or other event, and you've seen those cool-looking teardrop-shaped banners flying in the wind, his company actually invented those a number of years ago. Coming up, Karen talks about her own story as an immigrant coming to America trying to get a business started followed by Adrian sharing his story about deciding to immigrate to the United States and challenges he faced along the way. Check it out. I went about it the, the wrong way, sending resumes to HR people who just didn't know where my law school was. And it, it just, it, it was really a bad, bad um, thing to do in hindsight. Um, and I, I couldn't even, you know, get a phone because I didn't have a social security number. And then I didn't have credit, so I couldn't get credit cards and had to carry wads of cash in, the, in, in my purse because uh, back in the day, there were no debit cards. Right. It was just ATA car, ATM cards and they had daily limits. And anyway, I couldn't get an apartment. It was it was, it was was an experience. And at the same time, out of all that came uh, a business idea um, because experiencing all these hardships has basically enabled me to think, okay, well, maybe I can help somebody else going through this to make it a little bit smoother for them. And that's basically what I've been doing ever since. I started on my own and then uh, my team kind of grew and now we're 11. I have a fabulous team and we're all kind of an international hub ourselves. We have lawyers and paralegals from pretty much every continent except Australia. In about 2000, we were in this market through a distributor and we decided that after 10 years or so, it was time for us to get in here directly. They had grown the market pretty rapidly in the early days. A lot of our products had never been seen in this market before, so it was relatively easy to sell. As soon as there was more competition, it became more difficult for that distributor to continue to grow. So we wanted to come here and set up our own office. It sounded like a lot of fun. I'm quite an adventurous guy and I thought, it's going to be awesome. I can just go over there, live in the States. It's going to be different. I get to experience different things. My child will get um, exposed to different cultures. We'll learn different school system. And it sounded really exciting. As we got closer to the day that it was going to happen, we realized that um, there were a few things that we maybe hadn't taken care of. Obviously, the visa turned out to be the easiest thing for me to deal with. A lot of the other things were a little bit harder, obviously, moving away from family, learning how business works here. There's a whole lot of licensing. Um, I'd always assumed, I guess, naively, that the USA was the land of the free and bureaucracy just <laughs> didn't exist. But I found out the hard way that there's plenty of bureaucracy. Everybody has a handout, don't they? <laughs> Everybody wants a bite. Every, there's a license to do anything here. Um, and learning all of that stuff was tough enough, and I didn't need to have complications with just getting here in the first place. So I, I was very careful to choose my visa attorneys i went and read a whole load of uh, reviews previous customers i must have spent easily two weeks researching it and this is prior to this coming. is prior this is prior to choosing the attorney this is we've now decided we're going to make the move we haven't at this point decided when it's going to happen because that's all dependent on the visa but we've decided this is a move we're going to make we started negotiations with our distributor of how we're going to uncouple how we're going to work the market 
Julie and how we've done all the the pricing stuff so that our pricing is exactly the same as the distributor's pricing because we don't want any kind of you don't want to undercut your your yeah your you know it saying. would be easy to go and get their customer base undercut right. them by 10 percent and say well there you go the business grew well it didn't really all you did was take it from somewhere else I and mean, we didn't want to do that so we'd done all of that planning we'd found a visa class that i could apply for i'd been out here and spoken to a colleague of of karen's in the office and they had explained to me that that would be the best visa class and went through the process of getting all the documentation together which is pretty onerous uh, it definitely passes the weight test i think it was about 10 pounds worth of paper <laughs> that we had to put together wow. to yeah we say if we it's not two two inches thick it's not worth it <laughs> Stick around, we got the full interview with Karen Weinstock and Adrian Queenan coming up next. Hey, what's up everyone? It's CW. Welcome to the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day again today. I'm sitting down with Karen Weinstock of Weinstock Immigration Lawyers. I actually had the chance to interview Karen a few weeks ago and talk about her story. Uh, she herself immigrated to the United States uh, a few years ago, coming from Israel and learning about the challenges of going through the immigration process to the United States and then trying to get into the workforce and, and then ultimately start a business. And brought with her a guest today that's gone through similar process. We'll be able to talk about his story, too. So, Karen, thanks for taking some time to come over to the studio today and share a little bit about your story and, and your guest here. Thank you, CW. I'm excited to be here. Real quickly, refresh, folks, what your story is. You, you came from Israel and you tried to go through the process of setting up here in the United States, ran into some bumps and wanted to try to help people along the way. So. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Israel. I went to law school in Israel and basically decided that I do not want to practice law there. So... <laughs> Uh, a little too late, right? Yeah. Um, so I um, finally I chose to move to the United States and try. Uh, so went to New York, where I my mother had had a cousin there, and um, studied for the New York bar exam, passed it, got licensed, and then started looking for a job, and then found myself in a catch twenty two, where I could not get a job without a visa, and I couldn't get a visa without a job. <laughs> So, um, so then I, I met with some people and, uh, long story short, um, found an immigration lawyer whose advice to me was get married for papers. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> so, there's a better way. So I, I went in and looked for a second opinion and then, um, I found another really good immigration lawyer. I did my research the second time and, um, he basically was able to get me a work visa and later on, um, a green card, um, Actually, the green card application I did myself because <laughs> I was an immigration lawyer by then. But uh, it was really an eye-opening experience because I thought, oh, I'm smart enough. I'm, you know, I'm good enough. I have a, a worldly experience. I think, you know, everybody should should want to hire me, right? Uh, but uh, <laughs> apparently not. And I, I went about it the, the wrong way, sending resumes to HR people who just didn't know where my law school was. And it, it just, it, it was really a bad, bad um Thing to do in hindsight um, and I, I couldn't even you know get a phone because I didn't have a social security number and then I didn't have credit so I couldn't get credit cards and had to carry wads of cash in the in, in my purse because uh, back in the day there were no debit cards right it was just ATA car ATM cards and they had daily limits and anyway I couldn't get an apartment it was it was it, it was an experience and at the same time out of all that came uh, a business idea <laughs> um, because experiencing all these hardships has basically enabled me to think okay 
well, maybe I can help somebody else going through this to make it a little bit smoother for them. And that's basically what I've been doing ever since. I started on my own and then uh, my team kind of grew and now we're 11. I have a fabulous team and we're all kind of an international hub ourselves. We have lawyers and paralegals from pretty much every continent except Australia. So so then m most, if not all, of your attorneys have gone through the immigration process here then. Is that what you're saying? A lot of a lot of them have, um, or they have family members who have. I see. So there's really a strong passion and 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 a deep knowledge of what it takes to be here. Where do you believe that uh, the the greatest challenges lie for somebody that's immigrating to the U.S.? They're trying to go about things the right way and and go through the process. Where do you find the biggest hurdles are that really either delay or cause someone to really run into trouble? The biggest problem is the immigration law itself. It's so old and um, it would it, it goes back to 1952 and the reality of globalization and doing things very different today has really shaped a lot of other countries immigration laws but unfortunately the United States because of political issues have, has stayed the same. And with the political pressure, adjudication of visa petitions have become worse and worse over the years, even though they say, oh, we want to encourage entrepreneurship or we want to do this or that. But in reality, the, the immigration part has not kept up with reality. So we have uh, visa backlogs. We have visa restrictions. We have bad adjudication um, of the laws, the, the existing laws. And, and really what we need to do is a complete overhaul of the system to allow somebody like Adrian to quickly and pain and, and, and really without pain move here. But, you know, Adrian was, was lucky because there was a visa category for him. But let's assume that he was just an entrepreneur coming from South Africa and didn't have that relationship to the foreign company. Well, there's no option. So what do you do? And there's a lot of entrepreneurs um, in the United States now that fa find these problems that they want to set up, set up companies or, um, or have an idea or want to collaborate with a U.S. company, but there's really no visa options or just there's visa backlogs and there's just not a, a good enough solution for uh, the, the, um, the immigration part. We're talking with Karen Weinstock, immigration attorney um, and very well known for her work here in the Atlanta area, helping folks uh, immigrate to the United States uh, through the process. As we've been talking about, it can be quite challenging. Do you have an example of, of a, a country that's doing something with the way they handle immigration where it's quite efficient and, in fact, maybe take months or not so many years as it takes to get here? Well, the system in Canada actually is pretty good because... It, it has, um, it's a point-based system. So if you have, and, and, and the, the system itself changes from, from time to time. So if you have, for example, a need for certain types of skilled workers um, or professionals, let's say computer occupations, certain computer occupations are, are one on, on list. So if you have that, you get certain points. If you speak English, you get more points. If you get this, so it's, it's a fairly easy system to um, to go into and it's fairly straightforward. As far as timing, as far as timing with the U.S. system, it's not that bad as if you qualify for a visa, like Adrian did. But other cases, for example, the H-1B visa, where there is a cap, and these days there are more visas um, that that people apply for than there are visas for the government to give. So there's more demand than there is a supply. Then you get backlogged 
So backlogs could be 18 months, two years, three years, just for a temporary visa, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about Adrian. Introduce us to, to your guest, and then we can bring him into the conversation since he's gone through this process himself, immigrating to the United States, as you mentioned, from South Africa and starting a business here. So Adrian um, is uh, my firm's client, and um, he found us, I think, online. And he um, has basically come here from South Africa to open a subsidiary of the South African company, uh, expand the branding, and they specialize in manufacturing and sale of trade show um, items, flyers, um, advertising banners, and uh, a lot of other things um, that help companies to market and sell their products and, and services. And, and, and really, Adrian is, is a great example of how moving from another country, even if you have the business know-how and everything, you can still have a lot of hardships when you come to the United States. And now, I, a success story. So... I'm happy to introduce Adrian. So all the way from South Africa, I'm pleased to have you here in the studio. Thanks, EW. So share with the listeners a little about your story. We were talking in, uh, before we went on the air today about how you had a business that was going very well. You actually were the pioneer as it relates to the, what do you call the feather-shaped banners and flags that they see uh, all over the sporting events nowadays? So the flying banner, which is a teardrop shaped banner, okay. is the one that we introduced to the market in 97. Um, it's been obviously copied all over the world. Um, wish it hadn't been. We spent a lot of money on legal <laughs> fees trying to defend those patents. But, you know, eventually you just know when to give up. In about 2000, we were in this market through a distributor. And we decided that after 10 years or so, it was time for us to get in here directly. They had grown the market pretty rapidly in the early days. A lot of our products had never been seen in this market before. So it was relatively easy to sell. As soon as there was more competition, it became more difficult for that distributor to continue to grow. So we wanted to come here and set up our own office. It sounded like a lot of fun. I'm quite an adventurous guy, and I thought, it's going to be awesome. I can just go over there, live in the States. It's going to be different. I get to experience different things. My child will get um, exposed to different cultures. We'll learn different school system. And it sounded really exciting. As we got closer to the day that it was going to happen, we realized that um, there were a few things that we maybe hadn't taken care of. Obviously, the visa turned out to be the easiest thing for me to deal with. A lot of the other things were a little bit harder, obviously, moving away from family, learning how business works here. There's a whole lot of licensing. Um, I'd always assumed, I guess, naively, that the USA was the land of the free and bureaucracy just <laughs> didn't exist. But I found out the hard way that there's plenty of bureaucracy. Everybody has a handout, don't they? <laughs> Everybody wants a bite. Every, there's a license to do anything here. Um, and learning all of that stuff was tough enough. And I didn't need to have complications with just getting here in the first place. So I, I was very careful to choose my visa attorneys. I went and read a whole load of uh, reviews, previous customers. I must have spent easily two weeks researching it and this is prior to this coming. is prior this is prior to choosing the attorney this is we've now decided we're going to make the move we haven't at this point decided when it's going to happen because that's all dependent on the visa but we've decided this is a move we're going to make we started negotiations with our distributor of how we're going to uncouple how we're going to work the market 
Julie and how we've done all the the pricing stuff so that our pricing is exactly the same as the distributor's pricing because we don't want any kind of you don't want to undercut your your yeah you know it would be easy to go and get their customer base undercut them by 10 percent and say well there you go the business grew well it didn't really all you did was take it from somewhere else when I mean, we didn't want to do that so we'd done all of that planning we'd found a visa class that i could apply for i'd been out here and spoken to a colleague of of karen's in the office and they had explained to me that that would be the best visa class and went through the process of getting all the documentation together which is pretty onerous uh, definitely passes the weight test i think it was about 10 pounds worth of paper <laughs> that we had to put together wow. to now, do that yeah we say if we if it's not two two inches thick it's not worth it <laughs> So how often do folks that are immigrating to the States go about it in the way that Adrian Queenan has, where he actually reached out, he researched immigration attorneys ahead of time and started by engaging you versus, oh my gosh, this is going horribly, I need to get an immigration attorney? Well, the majority of the the business people and entrepreneurs actually do it the same way that Adrian did. Okay. Uh, because they realize it's too complex. There's really no one answer, and they really need a professional to help them. There's no do-it-yourself, really, in, in employment-based visas because it's just too complicated. Even for us lawyers, it's complicated, and we do it for a living. Mm-hmm. And so for you, um, was the, the piece – where did the the greatest help would you say when you started working with the the specialists at the Weinstock Immigration Lawyers? Where did where did you feel like the their expertise really paid off for you? Well, I think it also it first started for me with the how I felt about the people that I was interacting with, and I've always been kind of a gut instinct person, and if you feel comfortable in those first discussions and you feel like the advice that you're getting is solid advice and they're pointing out potential issues or potential roadblocks or we're going to have to approach it this way um you just feel more comfortable i've I've been in situations before where i would spoken to attorneys maybe not in immigration but in other areas where they say oh it'll all work out on the day well, that doesn't make me feel very comfortable. It sounds like they're going to wing it on, in court, you know. And I just, I felt comfortable with the whole process. And they made me feel much more at ease than I was before those conversations started. So I knew what I had to do, how we would go about it. I'd Obviously, as an attorney, they can't say you've got a high likelihood or low likelihood or whatever. Who knows what? officials it's when the paper lands on their desk what mood they're in how the traffic was with them in the morning so there's all those things that you just can't ever predict but they prepared me with everything that i needed to be able to demonstrate first time out and it was very difficult for us because coming here to a new city our distributor was based in denver we are here in atlanta we're in um, an office suite that we haven't paid. It's not a leased office suite. It's we've signed a lease for a year, but it's not a normal. Um, you know, it's one of those managed services suites. So that was an issue. Then I've got somebody that I've relocated from Colorado to here. Uh, we had to take pictures of people in the office to prove that they existed. <laughs> Interesting. So you had a guy with a picture of Hannah standing sitting there with his phone in his uh-huh. hand 
and then he's holding a brochure, then he's taking pictures of the front of the office outside. And I guess there are a lot of people that try try it on for want of a better expression and say, I'm coming to set up this business, but they really have no intention of doing it. So I understand why we had to do all of those things, but it was uh, quite taxing for me to do yeah. from 9,000 miles away. Interesting. And so you're having to take care of this in advance before landing here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of uh, one of the difficulties that you have because a lot of the immigration officers really are trained to find fraud. And when your mindset is actually to find fault and to find fraud in each case, that's what you're looking for. And you're, and you're looking for every little small detail that's, that doesn't match. And it doesn't mean that you're not a valid business or, I mean, and, and I think that really hurts a lot of legitimate businesses because the majority of, of the people who come here and the businesses who come here are legitimate. They really want to do business here. They don't want to just invest all this money and then, you know, run away with it, uh, so to speak. So, so that's part of the challenge that we have because a lot of times we prepare really, really good cases and then some immigration officer says, well, I need more evidence. Well, what more evidence do you want? We gave you everything. And so, uh, so what we like to do is be very thorough in advance and making sure that, um, that the case is, is more than 100% complete. So, and my colleague who, um, who met with, uh, with Adrian and, and representing him is uh, Raju Patel, um, is also very passionate about it and also very detailed. So we, we kind of have a tag team approach to it and we have what's called a double review. So if she prepares a case, I review it. If I prepare a case, she re reviews it just to make sure that, again, nothing falls under the cracks and the client is, is not going to be under any adverse um, uh, situation because obviously if they find the, the smallest fault with a the case, they'll deny it. And when that happens, what does that mean in terms of delay? It means you can't get here. So, you know, if, 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 I mean, if is that Adrian's, a final, it's too bad, so sad, now we can't try again, or? Uh, pretty much. I mean, th there is a, an administrative appeals office with the immigration office, and that takes between six months and a year. And then right now, the appeals office in the last probably three, four years, they've been denying about 90% of the appeals. So, you know, if a client had a case denied, I would say it's probably not worth appealing. So sometimes you can refile a case. Uh, we've we've done it plenty of times where a case was just badly prepared before, and and we were able to overcome the the denial, which is a very hard thing to do once it's denied. But uh, we were able to do that, and and a lot of um, other attorneys um, in the in the immigration field, especially the ones who have been practicing for thirty years, twenty years. I think it's hard for them to change their mindset to fit the reality of the immigration service getting more anti-fraud and, you know, and getting more strict in the adjudication because, oh, they're used to doing it in a certain way. And, you know, before 9-11, there's never been a denial. There's never been a request for evidence. There's really no question. And then after that, it just became worse and worse. And so we had to adjust our business model, our operation, and, and same thing while, while working with clients. We request more documents than maybe the, the absolutely minimum. But at the same time, we have more success on the case and the client, uh, you know, the, the client's process goes mo more smoothly because of that. And so it's just, it's kind of chicken and egg thing. Mm -hmm. 
We've been talking with Karen Weinstock of Weinstock Immigration Lawyers and Adrian Queenan of Expand a Brand. He immigrated to the United States a few years ago from South Africa. We were talking about how he was able to engage with the experts at Weinstock Immigration Lawyers and get things on the right path, uh, making sure that uh, all the documentation that he was needing, all the evidentiary materials that he was needing to produce to show that he's a legitimate business um, and that he has valid reasons for coming to the country were in place. And, and Karen, what are, what are the typical stumbling blocks that, that will make that case get denied? Where do you find the typical, is it because they don't have some of the evidence that he's talking about, that the photos or the different uh, physical location proof, whatever, what, what usually stumbles a case? A, a lot of times um, what happens is that the either the foreign company or the um, entrepreneur uh, business o- owner does not have an understanding of what it would take to start doing business in the United States. With Adrian, it was a little bit different, although he, um, obviously there was a learning curve. <laughs> um, it, it was a little bit different because they were selling here um, anyway, and they also had a very established entity in South Africa. A lot of times, for example, I represent a lot of Israeli technology companies mm-hmm. and and they're re- really early stage startups. And so maybe they got a, a round of VC or maybe they're just now starting up with getting a product uh, to the market with some personal investment, agent investment. So let's say they have $200,000 worth of investment. They think, okay, I'm going to come to the United States. I'm going to start selling this right away. And it's a B2B transaction. Wrong. So I have to say, okay, listen, your business plan is great for Israel. It may not work in the United States. And so a lot of what we do is client education and say, okay, you know, this is going to work better for you if you do it this way. And we kind of recommend them uh, to do things a little bit differently. And, and a lot of times it works because obviously they want to get the visa, they want to get the opportunity. But there's really a lot of misconception, uh, like uh, Adrian talked about, uh, licensing for certain things, uh, the, the different level of, you know, the state, the municipality, like all kinds of people from abroad think, oh, there's just one government, right? And here, they oh, just no. Pe- Everybody, <laughs> everybody's got their piece. And so you're able to help those organizations actually go through all of that, that process then. Yes, yes. And just having gone through this with hundreds of companies throughout the years, um, we have a better understanding of what works and what doesn't work. And it's just a little bit bigger than what the visa situation is, but it, it, it's more as far as the business strategy, is that going to work here or not? And, and sometimes we'll recommend people to, to work with the company. So if, if they need assistance in market research or, or sales and marketing, which is a big issue uh, for foreign companies, that they just don't know how to do that here. And I know that a lot of U.S. companies don't know how to do that well. Yeah. But, but really, sales and marketing is the most critical component of any company, right? And so knowing how to do that well, knowing how to hire the right salespeople, knowing how to get into joint ventures, things like that. I mean, this is something that's really unknown for somebody coming from abroad, the way that, the way that it's done here. And that's really part of the challenges that we're trying to help with. And Adrian, before we run out of time, I know you all are busy, but uh, the last few minutes here, you know, share a little bit more information just about Expand a Brand. We talked about the fact that you were innovators in the space, being able to create the the flying banners now that we see all over the place at all kinds of sporting events and, and conferences, you name it. Uh, talk about your company a little bit so folks can know more about Expand a Brand. Okay. Expand a Brand, Inc. in this country is a... Um, 
a subsidiary of Expandasan International. We're in 47 countries around the world, and as you said, we pioneered a lot of the soft signage products that you see, folding A-frames, flying banners. And what we've always done from the very start is focused on, on our quality, making a better product, always um, making sure that whatever customer experiences with us is top draw. There's no, there's no shortcuts, nothing like that. And I guess coming here, obviously, there's a lot of competition. We have just in the local market here over 2,500 competitors. And um, and it's and it ranges. You know, we're a multinational business with one center of excellence based in Durban. It allows us to get those economies of scale. We print two miles a day, plus. Um, we are the most vertically integrated company of our type anywhere in the world. We make our own fabric. Uh, we're in control of the coatings. Um, we print the fabric. We make a lot of our own hardware, um, and. Because of that, we're able to control that the whole supply chain. We're not, we can't, we can't point fingers at somebody else if, um, and say, oh, well, it's their fault that the right, quality is right. not there. Or, you know, and we've done that consciously. And it allows us to bring our products at the same quality everywhere in the world. We get a lot of questions as to, you know, why, how do you cope with a factory, one factory versus having 10 around the world? And our focus has always been on having it all centrally. It doesn't preclude us from setting up a factory here one day, and that certainly will be the plan based on how we grow here. Um, but it will then service all of the Americas. It won't just be a factory sure. in Atlanta. And you know, so. And from what I understand, you also produce some other products that would be used in, say, on a conference room or in a in a. Trade show, for example, setting up the the larger sure. booths, including flooring and different whole componentry for that. So, so we do. Um, we've obviously got all the outdoor products that we're really well known for. We have a bunch of indoor products as well. We've got uh, products like our Canvex range, which are it's effectively fabric wall covering. So you can take a photo quality image and put that up on the wall. So we have the usual pull up banner like you have. Here in your <laughs> in your studio, um, which is kind of a staple in the trade show, that yeah. and uh, table covering. We do back walls. We have a whole lot of modular solutions for a trade show booth that you can make look a little bit different. You can light it. You there's a whole you know people are attracted by movement and light. If you've got something that looks exactly the same as everybody else's, it's like you might as well all have white white canvas up sure um and so a lot of our products are distinctly different so that they attract different you know they attract the eye we have even in our tent range we have an x dome tent which you could be you could see a sea of 500 tents and you'd spot that tent you'd be able to pick it up out of those 500 just because of the shape of it so we always you know it's not just a business of manufacturing this stuff it's about educating people on how they can get their brand better positioned, how they can attract eyes. And once you've attracted the eyes, then it's up to yeah, them to engage. Talk about the solution that you're offering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What kind of advice before in the last couple of minutes here, what kind of advice would you have for folks following after you that are looking to immigrate here and to try and establish a foothold in the business world here? Well, I think the first and foremost, you, you need to find yourself a very, very good immigration attorney. As Karen has said, it's a difficult, it's a difficult task and you, it's not predictable, you know, and if you've made the plan that this is a step that you want to take, you don't want to fail at that hurdle. Because there's a whole lot of work that gets done before you make the decision to move. And it would be a terrible waste if you then can't get here because your paperwork's not sorted out. So it's really important to choose the attorney correctly. And then do as much research and speak to as many people that have come from your country and are now, have been here 10, 15, 20, however many years. Because people want to help people. If you think you can go it alone and you're going to be different, you're wrong. <laughs> okay, I can assure you there's lots of people that we've learned from before and afterwards. Um, I mean, for me, the, the credit score thing, you, you're an established businessman in your where you live. You've got banks throwing money at you and you arrive here and you're nobody. You've got a credit <laughs> score that's like off the charts low yeah. and no one wants to give you 10 cents. Yeah. It's, it's humbling. Well, Adrian, Queen, and I've really enjoyed getting to uh, hear about your story and, and learn more about your company, Expand a Brand. If you want more information about the company, go to expandabrand.com, all one word, expandabrand.com, and uh, be able to link up with any kind of social media that they have out there and get some uh, information about their products. I looked through a very nice-looking brochure he brought with them, and they do look outstanding. So if you need some outdoor or indoor branding, you know, flags, banners, and, and uh, things for your trade shows, definitely learn more about expand a brand and 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 karen your experts over at the weinstock immigration lawyers can get to them at visa-pros.com and yes. uh you're on twitter i know facebook as well yes so uh tie in with them as well karen i really appreciate you coming by and sharing some more expertise about how to go about immigrating to the united states trying to set up a business here clearly you and your folks are are well set to do that and and for introducing us to Adrian, final thought from you before we have to let you get back to the office? I think a lot of what we talk about here with the hardships kind of in, in what Adrian just just said that it, you, you need a village. So take as much help from, from people that you know. Don't try to do it all yourself. I know a lot of people try to do all the research on their own and figure out a solution. Talk to the experts. Talk to friends or people that you know. And, and get different uh, feedbacks um, and, and ideas because you can't learn it all immediately. And if you're trying to do that, you're going to set yourself up for a failure. And with, with an immigration lawyer, you know, take somebody who's, who's really experienced, but, but really, the more importantly, take somebody who cares. Hire somebody who cares about you, cares about the company, and is not going to throw you around saying, okay, no problem if, if, um, because otherwise you're setting yourself up for a, fa for a failure. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know you. I'll have to have you come back, and we'll have to meet some more of your uh, international business folks that you've brought uh, and helped get over here and, and immigrate into the United States successfully. So I look forward to talking to you down the road. Thank you. All right, we'll have to have you back. We'll see you guys. Thanks, Edwin.
And if you're checking out the podcast and you've not done so already, go to the upper left-hand corner of the page to the Apple logo. That'll take you over to the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast page on the iTunes store. Subscribe to us. That way you can keep up with all the experts that we're introducing you to every week. It'll be downloaded straight to your mobile device. That way all you got to do is just pull it up and listen to the podcast every week. Meet some great experts that might just help your business run more profitably, reduce risk, get access to capital, you name it. We're talking about it here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. So to everybody who made us a part of your day today, we really want to say thank you very much. We really appreciate you making the time, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.